are we doing here? Aaron, I want to tell you... Okay, stop. I had an experience last week. Okay. That I've never had before. Interesting. Okay. And it's one of those times in, in my life that I've felt the most proud. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so it's never happened, but whatever whatever we're about to hear, it, it, it made you feel the most proud. Maybe the most proud, but it was definitely a high point. Like if, if there was, was some point. type of like graph of how proud I was of myself, you would see a noticeable <laughs> spike. There'd be a okay. There's a noticeable blip in improved proud proudity proudness. I don't know what the word is. Pride, uh, probably. Pride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was hoping that uh, I could make up a new word, and everyone would be like, "Pride isn't a word. We're just going to call it proudness." Um, so there's a spike of proudness. What what caused this? Uh, I went to the dentist. Okay. Um, oh, no cavities? Every time is cavities and this is no cavity time. No, I don't ever have cavities. Okay. Uh, they didn't make fun of your plaque. They didn't. Okay. The lady that did my teeth said, uh-huh. rather than, do you floss? Oh. She said, how often do you floss? <laughs> Because your teeth look really good. Nice. And I'm assuming the answer is never. No, I floss quite a bit now. Which oh. is for a different gross reason related to the dentist. Okay, um, what's that reason? Well, I used to go to the dentist every six months as a child. Because my mom scheduled it. And yeah. then she'd pick me up from school and take me. Okay. Then I left home and I went to college. And so you didn't go to the dentist for four years. Seven years. Seven years. <laughs> Because that's how long I was in college. And then I got into the working world where I started paying for health care myself. Mommy and daddy weren't taking care of it anymore. Uh (laughs) And uh, for another year, I just paid for health care, which included dental insurance, and didn't use it. And then I was like, I've just wasted money. I'm going to go see a dentist to get my money out of this. And I went and saw a dentist, and apparently there had been enough buildup between some of my teeth that Uh. when they took it out... There is now a like a slightly larger gap between ah. three of my teeth that shit gets stuck in all the time. So I, I'm oh. flossing a lot because there's always something in there. Don't you hate it? So I, I had a silver experience when my dentist was like, "Yo, you have silver amalgam fillings in these three spots. All the cool kids switch to this new white ceramic because it's white and it's better." And I was like. Okay, because I pay for the dentist and it was free. She swapped them out, and then I'm like, I, I feel like I didn't need that. <laughs> right? Like nothing, nothing has changed. But I feel like I'd be like kind of upset if the dentist was like, "Yo, I got all of that plaque out from between your teeth. Now you were doomed to have shit stuck in between those." Like, actually, could you just leave that plaque in because I didn't want that space. Yeah, it's the back two molars. So even oh, when I get to flossing, it's hard as shit to get it's in there. It's way back there. Although, the crazy thing is, is like, you know how when you put the floss between two of your teeth, like, uh-huh. you feel like a little bit of, like, resistance and then pops in? Yeah. There's no resistance. I just, once I get it there, it just goes right in. I, you know, I don't always know that I got between those two teeth. Yeah, it's probably almost like they, they put reverse braces 
in your teeth, or you put reverse braces in your teeth by not going to the dentist for seven years, <laughs> and then they removed your reverse braces, and now you just have a permanent cap between the back two molars. <laughs> it's really irritating. Like if I eat it with like asparagus or broccoli, like that stringy stuff. Ooh, oh, it is yeah. not a good day. Dang, yeah, that's that's rough. I, I also suffer from that between I don't know what is it your bicuspid and your incisor. I don't I don't know the teeth names, but I have a, a similar gap where something always gets stuck there, and it's quite annoying. My office mates will tell you that I will literally pick up anything that resembles something <laughs> that can go between two pe- teeth and put it in my teeth. I'm like, hey, can I have that piece of paper? And they're like, okay. Can, can I have that post-it note? Sure. I'll pull it off their monitor and fucking use it. To... Can I tell you about this great That's invention? Uh, okay, it's, got, it's a brown bag. Okay, wait. Portable-sized floss. Oh, my God. You leave it at your desk, and then you get a minty, fresh taste That is every boy. time you get shit out of your teeth. I can't believe Look, I've been living my life. It's the same size as my thumb. That's how little it is. it is. It is quite nice. It looks cute. I should get one of those. You should it's... get, like, what I do is I just go to Walgreens and buy the 30-pack of these. Oh, and I, good idea. And I just left it at my desk, like, oh. three years ago. And you've never run out. I still have, like, 28 of them left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, it takes a long time for a single person to go through... Even one thing of floss, because there's so much floss in those things. Yeah, so I pretty much just, every time I have lunch at work, I floss afterward. Not because I feel like I need to floss, but because there's something in there that I... Yeah. It just is so irritating. You can just sit there, and like as soon as your tongue feels it for the first time, you can't stop fucking with it until it's gone. Yeah. So do you have people in your office who are overly liberal with the way the bathroom is used? Like, Do you mean like when they go to the urinal and then they just shake out all of their pubes all over the urinal and then just walk away? No, no, that was not what I was. <laughs> <laughs> that was not the uh, situation to which I was referring. No, no, uh, well, well, we have that person. I don't know who it is yet, but when I find out, I'm going to shame the hell out of them because I am sick. <laughs> Every morning, I wait. I go to work, and there's a. Just a pile. Oh man! No, no, no. There's like a, there's like a. I, I want to say clean, but like relatively clean urinal. And then by the evening, oh, pube city. Dang, that's rough. See, w- the the women of the world. This is what we go through. We live. We have to be part of this race of human beings who are just shitty. Like it sucks. And that's <laughs> nothing to say about the stickiness of the bathroom floor every <laughs> afternoon. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, no, I'm talking about people who, you know... you know, Brush their of, teeth in the bathroom? Yeah, take your floss and bring it to the maximum. You know, you get the teeth brushers, you get the, holy shit, your shirt's off and you're wiping down your armpits. Like, did you not just <laughs> use de- deodorant this morning? Like, or how much are you fucking sweating? Uh, so, do you have that? Couple things to that. Okay. A... Never walked into our work bathroom and anyone had their shirt off. Okay. B, there are people who brush their teeth in there. I do not understand it. Our bathroom at work is not nice. Mm. Our office was built in like the 1960s, I think. Yeah. Okay. No one's updated it since then, pretty sure. 
Yeah. And the third thing is I did once walk into, like, our next door building is a hotel. And sometimes when I want, like, a clean, nice-smelling bathroom to poop in, I'll go to the the hotel bathroom that's much nicer than our bathroom. Are you outing your secret? Because I I hope Oh, no. A lot of people at work take this strategy. Like, we've run into each other walking through the hallways (laughs) of the hotel being like, hey. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, but I did once walk into there and there was a dude who just had his pants around his ankle at the urinals. That is exciting. I mean, yeah. that is a sight to see. Um, because you're like, fascinating. Almost like Spock. It's like plays in your head. You're like, fascinating. Yeah. Uh, cause you're like, how, uh, I remember being five, <laughs> but then I turned six. I was listening um, to a stand-up comedian the other day, and I don't remember who it was, but he was saying that his girlfriend had bought him new boxer briefs, and then he went to use the bathroom, and there was no little opening in the front. Okay. And so he had to pull his underwear to his ankles to pee. No. And I'm like, I don't ever use a little hole in the front. I just pull them down like a little bit. That's fine. Yeah, that's that's how you do that's how that, That's how it works. That's how... So that, so that that whole stand-up routine just did not land with me because of that. I was like, this is not how anyone does it. Yeah, no, that wouldn't land with me either because, yeah. I, I'll reveal something about me, Rob. I buy weird-ass, like, European underwear from Amazon, but it's super cheap. No hole. No hole. Yeah, I um, wouldn't. I wouldn't. I have some running underwear I've bought. No hole. There's no hole. Probably, it's, yeah. it's, it's all like dry but, fit material, you know? Yeah, but it, it doesn't require dry. you. You don't have to go ankles. You don't even have to go knee. You don't even have to go anything dare I different. Say, dare I say taint. You you only have to go enough. You do dare, sir. You do dare. <laughs> you only have to go. Uh, you just got to pull it down like a fucking normal person. It's not that hard. You just don't want the elastic pushing up against you and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Oh, man. Um, there was reminds... another secret okay. at our office oh, for, okay. for, for pooping strategy. <laughs> is that our building has a bathroom on the main lobby level. Okay. Um, and it's just better? They, well, no, not really. But the cool thing about it is that they kept it locked because they didn't want homeless people to use it. Okay. And so you had to ask for the key. Okay. No one wants to ask for a key to use the bathroom. Yeah. So that if you were a brave soul, you are almost guaranteed the bathroom to yourself. Ah. But we have new building ownership, and now that bathroom is strictly only for building staff. So they don't even let us use it anymore. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that was really nice. It was like every time you could take as long as you want. No one ever came in. Yeah. You know, it's like, the, like I understand it's an emergency, but if there's like two stalls and you're in one and someone just runs in there and starts destroying the second one, kind of ruins <laughs> the experience for you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I get you. I get you. Have you ever been to a, a typically a hotel? Um, because let's be honest, normal buildings don't build extravagant bathrooms. Like where they're they're your own rooms, like oh, like no, Bucky's. 
Bucky's has that? I wouldn't. Yeah, where like every stall has like full length walls and yeah. a full length door. It's ventilated and yeah. it's like just enough space. Oh, yeah. That's, that's honestly the only reason why Bucky's became a thing is because of the quality of bathrooms. Interesting. I did not know that. But now that I know that, I'm pretty excited to learn that, th- that humanity is smart enough to say, we know where to bring our business. Like, we have the right priorities. All of the other stuff that Bucky's does, I don't give a shit. Like, you yeah. roast your own nuts, and you make your own fudge, and you do tacos and brisket sandwiches, <laughs> and you do... I, like, I, I, I don't care about your coffee selection, or that you have every candy I can imagine, or that you sell <laughs> boots and t-shirts. Like, I don't... I go to Bucky's because I know that I am going to have the best possible bathroom experience outside of my home. That, yeah, okay, cool. So I'll have to take advantage of that the next time I'm in Texas, if I'm driving between Dallas and Houston or something like that. I'll stop and, and re-experience. <laughs> you should. It's good. Okay, so I'm going to do a Rob. Pull a Rob? Be a Rob? I don't know. And I am Pride. going... <laughs> Pride. It's prideness, pro proudness. I am going. Uh, I am going to recommend a podcast, which is rare because I don't very. I don't listen to that many podcasts. The reason I don't. Yeah, I'm excited about this too. The, the reason I don't. It's not because I have anything against podcasts. It's because I'm obsessed with listening to audiobooks. I'll read at night and then I listen to my audiobook on the way to work and fro work and. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> and I I uh I just love listening to my you know nerdy ass fantasy novels so I can read get through them faster, read and listen, just keep pounding through them. Um but the thing is a new book in a series came out and I'm reading these like almost cliff notes of them, which there aren't audiobooks for. So and I listen to, I love NPR, so I listen to NPR on the way. But Chelsea last week pinged me and she was like, hey, you know, Radio Lab on NPR was talking up this uh, Supreme Court uh, podcast called More Perfect. And that is my podcast recommendation. If you didn't want to stab your ears out in the last three times I brought up the Supreme Court, then this is the podcast for you because they take like my 20 minute spiel which is way too long and turn it into an hour spiel which is fantastic um but the thing that's really cool about it is they will go in depth and make it more of a story like the grassroots who came up with this case they just did an episode uh on ruth bader ginsburg who's like if she's not your favorite supreme court justice then who are you um and just, like, how she got started, she was the head of the Women's Rights Division in the ACLU, and, like, it was the coolest episode to learn about how tactical she was, and how she, she like, built these Trojan horse cases and brought them to the Supreme Court so that the Supreme Court wouldn't realize that they were giving women's rights to women. They, they were, like, these weird cases that didn't quite, they, they were actually men's rights cases, and she would just finagle them. So the court was like, oh, well, men need to be equal. But to say that men need to be equal is to say that the genders should be equal. And therefore, the genders should be equal. <laughs> so, like, it's 
it's awesome. Like she great episode. There's an episode on um uh Dred Scott versus Sanford. I be I believe it's Scott versus Sanford. San, San, something like that. Uh and I literally cried. Like the way they set that episode up was insane. So they they just they've done some great episodes. They've done some episodes about infamous Supreme Court cases, Dred Scott, Korematsu, and they also do some on like famous Supreme Court cases like Marbury versus Madison or Lawrence v. Texas. So they've got all kinds of really good stuff. Um, that is my recommendation. What do you think, Rob? Are you going to listen to it? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't I, think so. No. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll give it a listen. I'm actually running low on podcasts right now because I've, uh, oh. I've done a good job kind of like keeping up with all the ones that I really like right now. Um, so I have like, I think I only have like an hour and a half of podcast download right now. So if I need to get some more stuff for like tomorrow. Nice. And I'm starting to get real deep in the Freakonomics vault. Oh, okay. Uh, so I'm running out of that too. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it a shot. It's, it, let me say, I love the Supreme Court. They make it interesting. Like I love, I love, I love it to the point where I will literally read the entire opinions and there is a good argument to be made that 90% of the opinion is a lot of legal jargon. <laughs> but most people don't like that. But they do a really good job of making each case exciting and really building a story about why this case is important, what makes it interesting, and things like that. They even do some really cool cases where the case seems like a win for civil liberties or something and then turns out to be used... For the exact opposite. And so, like, it, it's really cool. I, I highly recommend it. Well, uh, I'll try to listen to an episode in the next couple days and see, nice. uh, see, what, I, see what I think by, by next week. Sounds good. So, Aaron, have you ever done one of those quizzes at school or work or wherever where they where they your answers are strongly disagree agree wait strongly disagree disagree neutral agree strongly agree agree yes i you, definitely you, you have. know that little I, chart? I strongly agree with having seen one of those before <laughs> okay so i'm gonna ask you one of those type questions right now okay and um i want you to answer it in the generic sense and then we are going to discuss some specific awkward situations that maybe are are uh, are resulting. Yeah. How do you feel about the following statement? The government should have the right to tell individuals what they can and can't do with their own bodies. Yeah, so... I'm either disagree or strongly disagree or somewhere in between. You can't – you got to check one choose, of the five I boxes. I got to check one. Then, then I would say in general, I'm strongly disagree. Um, now, here, here's what I'll say. I'll bring – because I, I, I can think of a bunch of different scenarios – you know, we'll go got... we'll go, we're going to go through some of those scenarios. It'll be fun. Okay, okay. Then, then we'll just say strongly disagree is my gut position, um, and but I could change it. 
I think my gut opinion before we before you try to change my mind is I'm just going to be disagree. Okay, just disagree. I'm not strongly. Okay. So I think that the 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 first let's start in the more mundane and work our way towards the more more politically inflammatory slash philosophically inflammatory. Yeah. Okay. So the first one that I think that we, you may or may not agree. I actually don't know that I think that I, I think the government is okay telling you what you can do with your body are seatbelt laws. Ah, why? I think that it's okay for the government to be able to tell people they have to wear a seatbelt. But why? Why is that okay? I think it's okay because it is absolutely zero cost to the individual. And unless that individual wants to be dead, it is greatly in their in their own uh so what am i what's, hold on i need to find the word here interest general interest <laughs> <laughs> so um what if i told you that you could be strongly disagree and hold that position i strongly and, disagree with that statement ah and here's <laughs> why cuz i i used to first of all i'm so strongly disagree i used to argue that seatbelt laws were bullshit. Um, but I heard, and this is where I get strongly disagree. This is where I decided I could still be strongly disagree and have seatbelt laws. Because um, my aunt is, is an HR director of a hospital. And she made a fascinating point that I had never heard. I was probably like 18 or 19 when she told it to me. That... Sure, Aaron, I agree with you that you shouldn't be forced to wear a seatbelt. But the thing is, it's not about you. You can actually make the argument that the reason why you do that is because the government could just say, fuck it, if you kill yourself, we don't care. If you survive, that's fine too. What we don't want is to pay for your injuries. And so there's an argument to be made that seatbelt laws not only reduce the cost of um, lives in traffic accidents, they actually reduce healthcare costs as well. Because if you aren't wearing a seatbelt and you survive, uh, you're going to be more of a burden on the system than otherwise. This is actually the same argument that you could make for drugs. And literally anything. Like, that is such a broad argument. Like you Not literally anything, that- because... Because you make the argument about you shouldn't be allowed to walk to work because more people get killed walking to work as pedestrians than they get driving to work. Or you shouldn't be allowed to – like there's so many things that you could do that would overall reduce the risk to yourself, which would then reduce the risk to healthcare costs uh, that you don't do. Like, why are cigarettes – like, cigarettes are going to be more deadly than seatbelts. Yeah, yeah. So my, my argument for cigarettes has been if you're if you're going to make a good argument for cocaine to be illegal, then cigarettes need to be illegal, right? Like, you're – what I don't like is when lines are drawn arbitrarily. You don't think the seatbelt line is arbitrary? Um – a little bit. So here, here's my thing. If you drive your truck on your own property without a seatbelt, you are well within your rights to do that. I Why do not? not think. Why? 
Because the government doesn't have the right to tell. So I'm so strongly disagree that if you're on your own property, you can do whatever the fuck you want to your body. But the same argument can be made that you are at a greater risk and then someone could have to come and save you if you're in an accident and you'll have to pay more to save that person because they weren't wearing a seatbelt. The same argument applies regardless of where you're not wearing your seatbelt. Sure. Um, I'm just saying that it's a much harder case for the government to make uh, an argument about what you do on your own property. It's like you don't need a driver's license to drive on your own property. I've made this argument before. Like, even though we have, quote unquote, the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms, nobody, nobody said that you, there is no constitution, nothing in the constitution says that you have the right to bear arms in public. You, you have the right to have guns on your property, and fuck it, you can shoot on your property as long as the bullets stay within your property. But I would dis- I disagree with that statement, but that's not what we're talking about today. Yeah, sure. Okay, but I'm just saying the same thing. You do not have to have a driver's license to drive on your own property. So if you have a huge farm and you want you build roads on it or don't build roads and you want to drive something on your property you do not need a driver's license and you cannot be arrested or any way fined for not having a driver's license so there's a there's a much bigger burden placed on the government when you're on your own property so there there is a little bit of a distinction there um speeding you cannot get in trouble for speeding in a vehicle on your own property and if you do It's got to be – the government would have to make a strange case like you're flying something and the FAA can say that that was somehow disrupting airspace or something. Like maybe they could make an argument under some type of FAA law. But I I don't think that there's any jurisdiction for the federal government to tell you how fast you can go on your own property. That – yeah. I don't think that that distinction makes the seat – the health – care argument any less arbitrary it doesn't and so here's what i say though um i do not think i think if you want to convince me that seatbelt laws are legal that's the only argument you can make to me otherwise i don't think that they should there should be seatbelt laws if the state of texas or the state of washington says we have seatbelt laws to protect you that's not a good argument to me you don't Thank you, but you don't have the right to do that. Also, you, like, why the fuck haven't you banned cigarettes yet then? Because that... <laughs> I don't draw that parallel either. Why? Um, well, maybe, stati- I would say statistics would help me draw that parallel. Like, what are the I'm number I'm not worried about deaths? statistics. Right, so, I think that as long as you're aware of the danger of cigarettes... You should be allowed to use them. Sure, same. But I'm just saying. And I if... think the burden of wearing a seatbelt versus the advantage of wearing a seatbelt is such a great value proposition that it's actually economically irresponsible to not wear your seatbelt as a culture. Like the uh... loss of life that results versus the amount of effort it takes to execute is so ridiculous. That I think it's just economically advantageous to a country to have those people still alive than the number of people that would be dead without seatbelt laws or without wearing a seatbelt. And so – not necessarily the laws. I don't know how much the laws increase the amount of 
people who wear seatbelts, but I don't think it's a bad idea for a government to require it. Interesting. Um, I, I If wearing a seatbelt was in any way burdensome, burdensome to an individual, I would be okay that they didn't wear it. But it's so not. And you are going to have a really hard time convincing me that it's any kind of burden to put a seatbelt on. I agree. So, look, there there is an argument to be made for... And, and this ha- this has come up in other cases where, you know, part of what the government does when deciding whether enforcing certain laws is constitutional or not is they take a look at the burden it places on the individual. And I agree with you, the, the burden is quite low uh, to, to putting on a seatbelt. However, I just... And this is the thing. I, I don't mind drawing the line certain places. I just don't think. I just don't think you should. Um, t- to me, hmm. Yeah, I'm just much more like that. Is one of the few things I'm fairly absolutist about is. The government telling you what to do. What, what I don't mind is as long as there's an argument to be made that is external to you, right? There it, is one to be like, made. Where is your dead body going to land after it flies through your windshield? Exactly. Probably in public. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that argument I will accept. Or or the likelihood – here's the thing. That, but the, that, go- to me, that's a way less convincing argument to me than the economic one of See, the life lost versus the burden – that we would have taken to prevent that life loss. Sure, I just don't think it's the government's job to tell people to not lose their life, right? I used to, to a degree, if it weren't... Again, there's got to be some type of public uh, effects. I fundamentally think that all drugs, at, at, at a pure, from a pure standpoint, should be legal. Except when you make the argument that the effect on society is so devastating then it becomes not about the individual. But if there wasn't this societal effect that that we know tears apart society whenever we have drug issues, then I wouldn't be for banning drugs. So I'm on the other side of that argument where I honestly do think that all drugs should just be legal. Yeah. So, it's, But see, uh, the, the, is not doing drugs... This is an interesting question. Um, not doing drugs requires me to not do anything, right? I can go my whole life without doing drugs. When you passed a seatbelt law, I have to move my arm. You literally required me to take an action. Like the government said, you have, if you want to drive a vehicle, you have to move your arm and put your seatbelt in. Right? And so for me, the easiest way to justify both is to say, can you make an argument for external consequences? That's not where my, that's not how I think about it. <laughs> so what, I'm curious, what's the drug, what's the all drugs should be legal argument? What does it cost a taxpayer to enforce seatbelt laws? Essentially nothing. Because the police officers don't 
really ever pull anyone over. It's just a law that you know is there, and it mm. pretty much puts it in the back of a teenager's mind that they should wear a seatbelt, and then you grow that habit. What does it cost the taxpayer to prevent drugs from coming into the country? A sure. fucking fortune. And if we took sure. all of that money out of keeping the drugs out and put it into rehab and then teaching people why you shouldn't do drugs, I'm willing to bet that the drug use in this country would actually go down if everything were legal and we took the war on drugs money and put it towards rehab and rehabilitation. I think that that money would be better spent trying to get people who are addicted, uh, unaddicted, and then educating young people about how weed is probably where you should go. So I, I tend to agree. I, I I tend to say that that is a fascinating hypothesis, which, if it were employed, might be. Um, it has been employed and it's working. Oh, Maneuver. where Portugal? Okay, okay. So the, like, I I tend to fall on that same side as well. Portugal but, legalized all drugs in 2006, and their overall yeah. drug use has dropped steadily since. Cool, and that's uh, that's what I'm saying. Like that to me is not surprising, and I and I'm okay with that because I'm uh, uh, very uh, I like I hate this whole concept of war on drugs and the fact that it's just well, if you use drugs, you're just a bad person, and it's you know we don't have anything like no, this is a this is a an issue like a, a public health issue we should be attacking it via public health not via jail cells what i'm kind but, of noticing here is that you seem to be coming at this from a mostly legal argument standpoint that's and what i, I feel say. like i'm very much more motivated by economics arguments because i think that the whole legal system in the entire united states is bullshit and i would burn it to the ground but you seem to think that we're doing okay no, 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 no. I, I actually disagree. I'm what I'm not arguing for is so. Let me let me make this point. Um, this is kind. Of, I, I was telling somebody. You, do you know the Citizens United case? I'm familiar with the result of it. Okay. Let's just say the only important person was uh, Justice Kennedy, because done fucked up. There were four. Li- there's four liberal justices. And four conservatives, and then Kennedy, who swings both ways. He's and mostly conservative, though. He's mostly conservative, but he does swing more than anyone else. He swings more than any of the liberals, and he swings more than any of the conservatives. And um, he, he wrote the opinion of that case as well. And somebody once asked him, do you regret like going that way and, and that opinion? And he said, I do not. Personally, I think money needs to get out of politics, but I don't regret the position I held on that legal case. And so that's what I'm saying. Personally, do I think we should have drug laws or how should we, how should we view the problem of drug addiction or, or substance addiction in our country? Not, I'm not like – that's a separate discussion and I'm perfectly willing and happy to employ the Portugal model, especially if, if – Portugal has evidence that it's working. Like that makes it even more attractive. Um, I'm just saying the question is, does the government have the right to? And I'm just answering in the... If the question going, is, 
The question, the question I ha- ask is, should the government have the right to, not does? Sure. And, and I'm saying, uh, okay, but, but then again, it's still, then the economics are still not part of the question. It's just, should they have the right to? And you're saying they should not have the right to regulate drugs, but they should have the right to regulate seatbelts? Yeah. So that's hard for me. Like, from the legal standpoint. You're coming at it from the American legal system standpoint. No, no, no. Uh, Other legal systems in other countries don't work the same way our legal system works. Our legal system works in a way that you need to have some type of consistency. So if you ruled at one point that money is speech in this case, then in all cases money is speech. That's the way the American legal system works. But that's not the way that necessarily every country's legal system works. Sure. But see, that's the thing. That case, yes and no. Uh, it doesn't quite go as far as some people think. It does go farther than I think people would have wished. But but what I'm saying, fine, let's, let's take a step back and not even talk about the U.S. Constitution and just say, should a government have the right um, to tell people what to do with their bodies? Uh, I, I would tend towards, uh, that's strongly disagree. They should not have the right to tell you which drugs you can take. They should not have the right to tell you that you have to wear a seatbelt. Theoretically, I think that it, it you could make an argument that the government um, should not have the right to uh, – I mean I'm, I'm trying to think of another more extreme example. Oh, I've got some more. We can, we're going to get into them. Don't worry. Yeah, I, but what I'm saying is like we can frame it however you want, but as soon as you say – the government should have the right to regulate this because it's economically superior. That doesn't make any sense to me. It should be more of a philosophical, should it have the right, or a legal, does it under the Constitution have the right? And that's where we have a different opinion on how we think government should be run. I think the economic argument is far more appealing where you do things for economic reasons. Philosophical and legal hold very little weight with me because – Philosophical is different is not that different from saying bullshit. So, like, what would happen in the perfect world philosophically isn't relevant to the world we live in. And some random legal precedent that was set two hundred years ago. Why do I care? We don't live in two hundred years ago. We sure, live but- in now, and the laws should be adjusted constantly without thinking about what happened two hundred years ago because we're in a different reality now. I agree, but what I would say is that then I believe your question is flawed. And the reason I would say that is because if it's an economic question, or if we're going to frame it as an economic question, you you can't put that as should the government have the right to regulate no, what I'm asking their in the government that I'm creating, should the government have the right? And I would say in most cases, no, but occasionally, yes. Okay. Um, but but you're occasionally okay. This is this is good. I like this. It's your con your constitution would say no, except in cases where the economic benefit there'd be some equation maybe. Where, no, there wouldn't be. I'm not going to set a fucking rule that they have to follow. But you're I'm building gonna, a government, like you've got it. Yeah, I'm going to build a very loose government where they use the common sense of the era they currently live in to establish laws, and that they no longer consider old legal precedent when it's no longer 
prudent to do so. Okay, and, and but then the then the question becomes: If in two hundred years we're a society of hyper regulation because it's so open ended, and it, you can't have sugar, no cigarettes, no seat belts, right? Because that's what works for the society. Would would you be like that's what I envisioned? What I'm envisioning is a government that is easy to change quickly to respond to the modern world. So without knowing what's happened. So maybe at some point it was found out in the next 200 years that sugar was was the reason that we didn't live to be 300 years old and they banned it. I don't know what'll happen. Um I'm hoping that there's an, a society is like how many amendments have there been to the US Constitution? 26? Mm, 20 something. Um, okay, but let me, yeah, let's see what we can see. That is way too few. The, the, the I agree. Has, the world has changed more than 26 amendments worth of stuff. 20, yeah, 27. So the, I, I agree. The, this is one case where Texas is doing it right, in my opinion, where the Texas Constitution has been amended thousands of times because they always adapt it to what they think Texans want now. And... What I may as an individual want might not be what the Texas Constitution is changing, but at least that's a document that better represents Texans than the Constitution of the United States I feel like represents Americans. Okay, and 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 sure, but then again, we'll just remove the U.S. as an entity, the federal government as an entity. The Constitution is updated. Marriage is between a man and a woman. If Right. I personally disagree with that. And that's not the way that I would want my personal original document to have said that. But if that represents the society. See, and that, that's where I differ heavily because I, I feel like say what you will about the Supreme Court. There have been instances in which they did like Brown v. Board, for example. Society was not ready for that. It was fucking clear. The South, especially, was not ready for that. And the Supreme Court said, that's not constitutional. And Eisenhower sent fucking sent the fucking Coast Guard to universities. Right, and the, but the, the Supreme Court has done stuff equally bad on the other side. I, I agree. And so you, you can point out, like, you know, gay marriage, and you can point out Brown for the Board of Revocation, but what about Japanese internment camps? What about... What about, like, uh, Citizens United? Like, they've also made decisions that ripple through society on the other end. I, I agree completely, but are, are, you, are you confident that you could get an amendment that would be the opposite of Citizens United? I mean, so, so that's, that's one thing. We can do that. We can have it tomorrow. The U.S. can overrule the Supreme Court by making an amendment. Like, right. that can't happen. But it's Majority so can still. Yeah, and that's it, the it problem, is, and it needs it, to be easier. So you, 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 you establish this document that says marriage is between a man and a woman, but I would make it so this document is very easy to change so that when society decides that it's not a man versus a woman, they can change the founding document rather than having to establish some legislation that can be uh, undone by a 50% vote in Congress at any fucking moment. Like, uh, Yeah, So, but, but then again... Okay, wait, what do you say about undoing something with a 50% vote? Like, Congress 
Congress could pass some other law making gay marriage illegal, and they'd have to go back through the whole court system again for two fucking years or however long it takes those slow pieces of shit to get anything fucking done. No, no, and no. And no, by that time, like, people's lives are ruined. They literally can't, right? Unless there's a constitutional amendment, they literally can't. No oh, court. Oh, watch them. I mean, sure. They, <laughs> oh, watch them. Yeah. Don't tell them what they can't do. Look, this is how government works, right? Like, there's a famous – the Trail of Tears is famously a case where the Supreme Court said that is unconstitutional and Andrew Jackson said, go fuck yourself, right? This happens. I'm, I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying legally, legally, that's what the courts are for, to say you just passed a law. You're trying to enforce this law. And here I have the, the Supreme Court says you, you can't enforce this law. Now – a, a justice could say, uh, oh, yeah, it's it's fine now. But the Supreme Court can also hold them in contempt. And depending but at the same on— the time, you're going back to the Trail of Tears. You don't have to go back nearly that far to find examples of where this is, isn't true. Roe versus Wade made abortion uh, illegal in the United States. There are states in this country where you can't get an abortion. They've made it so— burdensome to provide abortions that they just don't do it in those states anymore. They've essentially sure. made it impossible to get an abortion in their states. Sure, but, and that, but, but, some, but you're and fundamentally misunderstanding. You're fundamentally, but see, that's a fundamental misunderstanding of Roe v. Wade. Right? Roe v. Wade doesn't, doesn't say that you have the right and the within 30 mile right to get an abortion. It just says that you do not have the right to be told that you cannot. Now, I agree that states are sh- shitty, but someone could take that to court. Someone could say Texas passed a law that effectively kills abortion clinics in the state of Texas, and that effectively abridges my right to an abortion because I can't go. It- it'll take eight hours to get anywhere, and then courts will rule on that, right? But what I'm saying by is by the time those courts have ruled, guess what? You have a baby. Sure. And Roe 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 famously had the baby and famously reversed her position on abortion. Right? She's like that's not her real name, Roe, but like she literally is the champion of abortion rights in the United States and she is now against it. Right? So th- there's a lot of stuff, but I'm just saying personally I don't like the – you just said something about Congress passing a law with 50 percent. That's why constitutional amendments are hard because it's not 50 percent. Right. I'm not saying it right? would be – they're not going to get so, a constitutional amendment. They're just going to make it so it's impossible just, to get married yeah, in their state. But I'm just saying what is – then if you think it should be easier to get an amendment, if you think we should have 50 instead of 27, um, women's rights amendment, the ERA movement famously missed uh, – constitutional amendment by three states instead of getting 38 states they got 35 so like there is still like no full technically no equal protection in the constitution between men and women the the that protection is literally completely jurisprudence there is nothing in the constitution to to give the to give equal rights to women do we need more examples of why the constitution sucks than that no um, but I'm saying that to me is a perfect example of why I like the the court system. It's not always perfect, but okay, they, more often than not wrong. But 
it really depends. Uh, today, it's much more political than it should be, and you can trace that back to you. You would love the podcast if you're if you want to listen. It's like you could trace that back to lots of different things. But I would still prefer that above a system that changes so quickly because I don't want whatever number of people could possibly get some things passed at 50% right now. I don't have faith in, in the human beings of the United States to not change things for the worse if they had this more fluid system. And to me, a law for four years that's, you know, that doesn't have courts to say, you need to stop exercising this law no matter how long, I mean, even if it takes a year, is still better than four years of this is now the law because this is what 50% of people say, right? And that's why, so like you can form your government based off of that, but I, while, and while I don't think the constitution is perfect, I prefer the model where most of the rights that we think we have today do not exist in the constitution. They were invented by the courts and conservatives will tell you that's the worst thing on the planet. Someone like me will say, I'm glad that's the case. I'm glad that there's a court that now maybe they fucked up the Second Amendment and I'm not cool with that. But I'm glad that there was a court in 1976 that said under the Fourth Amendment, women have to be treated equally. And so they basically said, fuck you and your inability to make a constitutional amendment. I'm going to read the Constitution in a manner such that women have equal rights. Okay. That has the exact same problem you're talking about, that any nine people rather than 50% of Americans can change the law of the land. So True. if Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies tomorrow, because she fucking might, yeah, she's and, old. Then, <laughs> and then like uh, the other old white guy that's a liberal dies, guess what Trump gets? Breyer. Breyer. Two yeah. more. And then, then you have a supermajority in the courts— and then guess what happens now? Gay marriage is illegal for the lifetime of these fucking people. Yeah, the interesting thing there is, though, that it probably won't be. The court takes... Oh, you, with how political it is now, you really believe that still? They are. Pretty... They will accept the next gay marriage case that comes in and reverse their decision. I, I actually wholeheartedly disagree. They very rarely the so the shortest time period in which the court the Supreme Court reduced or reversed its own decision was fifteen years. They very rarely right. re so reverse their opinions. What is the longest period of time it has ever been for a Supreme Court nominee to go from being a nominee to being rejected or accepted in the Supreme Court? Yeah. I but Times are different now, Aaron. Yeah, I, I They're agree, not the same anymore. They're I, not going to give a shit about your 15-year rule. They're going to care that this is what's going to get their buddies reelected in making a, gay marriage illegal. It's not a 15-year rule. I, what I'm just saying is that like, the Supreme Court is typically more cautious to reverse its positions, uh, its I don't opinions. think we live in typical times. I, I would love to see this play out because I honestly don't think that they would reverse I, I honestly don't think that they would. Well, no now, way we can prove it one way or the will, other. Will Mitch, McConnell, will Mitch McConnell hold the nomination for a year? Sure. Um, but th while I disagree with, some of, with most of John Roberts' uh, ideology when he writes opinions, 
he at least puts a lot of thought and effort into backing up those those opinions. I don't agree. With I think Scalia he comes up with anything. a lot of fancy words to make his racism seem less obvious. <laughs> I, he I knows mean, he knows how he's. I do agree that Don Roberts is concerned with how he will be remembered. So he wants to get all of his shitty policy out there while being remembered for being a legal scholar. I agree with you on that. <laughs> sure. Okay, let, let's, let's, let's go back to the, the question at hand. Should the government have the right to legislate what you do with your body? And I would we've say... Talked, if, we've talked about drugs. We've yeah. talked about seatbelts. And I'm going to say, if you're having me invent a government, my answer is... No. So the other int- another interesting one where the government that we've already talked about briefly here is abortion. Should yeah. the government have the right to tell a woman what she can and can't do with her body? Definitely not. So if a woman is eight and a half months pregnant and decides she doesn't want it anymore, can she abort? So um, again, see, it, th- this is why I take more of the legal perspective because it's easier for me to draw the lines. I like to draw the lines, and so for me, it's about viability. I think that the state, the state being the government, has every right to protect life if that's really what it wants to do. And what that means for me is that if they want to take a fetus and bring it to term and clothe. The fetus, house the fetus, sorry. Uh, once it's at term, we'll say clothe the child, house the child, bathe the child, feed the child, teach the child. If they want, if they care about life so fucking much, then I actually, I personally believe that the state could then say what you have in you now at eight and a half months is a viable human being. We care so much about it that we will take it for you and we will take care of it. Do you not think that the argument you just made for the government's right to protect life could also be applied to seatbelt and drug laws? Uh, no. Um, and, and again, this is, this is actually another arbitrary line, which is the age of 18. I think... At whatever line you choose to draw as the ability to decide to have sex legally or to uh, defend yourself in adult court legally and things like that, that is the age at which the government should not be trying to protect you. If so you... the government can tell a 16-year-old to wear a seatbelt, but they can't tell a 19-year-old to wear a seatbelt. I would say and that doesn't seem an absurd, arbitrary line to draw to you because that seems kind it, of absurd. It is absurd and arbitrary. But wh- where are you going to put it? I'm going to put the seatbelt at everybody because it's economically a good thing to do. And sure, I'm going to put. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I'm going to put the drug thing at make it legal because economically it seems like the better thing to do for everybody. I'm going to put women have a right to have an abortion unto the first trimester, maybe somewhere in the second trimester is where you cut that line, because that seems like the humane thing to do. And I think forcing a woman out of the workforce or whatever other reason she may have for not wanting to to be pregnant is economically the right thing to do. Uh, So... 
I don't. I think there should be a line of where you can no longer abort a child just because it's humane at that point. Uh, Not. Yeah, and and so, but see, for me, that line is viability, and I want the government to say that they care so fucking much that they will keep it alive. But see, the the viability question is. What if we get to the point where there's some artificial womb developed where viability is literally conception? And that's what I'm saying. If our government and society say that we love life so much that we want every conceived zygote to be born, then I say, go for it, government and society. A woman can go into a clinic and say, I I prefer not to carry this child to term and I do not want it. And then the government will say, wow, we want it so much. We care so much. We will put it into this uterine device. We will carry it to term for you, or not for you. We will carry it to term because we chose to, the state, the the society. We will carry it to term. We will feed it, house it, clothe it, bathe it, him, her, however, whatever words you want to use. That, that, to me, is where I would draw the line. It's, it's about viability. I do not think a woman should be forced, though, to carry anything inside of her body to term. You find that argument convincing, even though that would be a massive taxpayer burden to pay. But the... the, the, vi- no, the- I, uh, so, no, I don't... I don't uh... It's, it's not that I find it convincing as much if it – so this is the same thing as seatbelts. I think maybe you could make the argument that um, – But seatbelts seat belts prevent costs to the government via health care. What you're saying is a massive additional cost to the government via having to carry a child from 0 to 18. From negative 1 essentially to 18. I actually disagree, and the reason is because you forgot to say how much economic benefit society feels it gets from preserving that life. If, if, if conservatives truly believe that life is so precious that it's worth a $50 million investment, and that is really what our, our society believes that preserving that life is worth a $50 million investment, then it's a net gain. If it only costs you $49 million, you've just gained $1 million in the value you place on a life, right? That, that, that's what irritates me so fucking much about the conservative position on abortion is that they care right up until the point it's born. And then it seemingly, at least based on policies that I see, they could not give a shit, right? And so that's what I'm saying. It's the same thing as a seatbelt. You find that and, – and you, you could say, sure, with, if, if economics is the way you want to look at it, the cost of putting on your seatbelt each time is, a, is like a one kilocalorie of energy from each human being. And lo- the human life is worth $50 million, $100 million, $10 trillion, whatever it is. And so you get huge economic gains by the value of life you've preserved, by just making every human being put on a seatbelt, spend a few extra calories putting on a seatbelt, that's fine. But what, what I'm saying is, in general, the reason why I would be okay with society saying that they want to care for a baby is because whatever the age is, I don't think it goes below 10. 
And if society really says they they care about life so much that they that they are willing to put in the time and the money to preserve someone to age ten or to age eighteen, and that is what society wants, then I'm perfectly happy being part of that society and having my tax dollars go to it. But if you want to say like fundamentally, uh, do you think that you should be telling adults, eighteen year olds, that they should? preserve their life that they should care about seatbelts i think fundamentally no this the 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 difference with carrying a fetus to term or a child is that i think we as a society recognize maybe the age shouldn't be 18 for being an adult but it sure as hell isn't three right and so we we'll say that's a different situation in which the government's going to step in to preserve your life uh, but you could have weird legal cases where somebody could then get older and say, I didn't want you to preserve my life. What right did you have to to feed me? Uh, I'm just saying, like, in general, my gut feeling is normally no. And if you're going to make the argument that the government should tell an adult what to do with his or her body, it's got to have some type of uh, external impact. It's that, like, famous quote. My my right to swing my arm extends as far as your face. Extends um, as far as your nose. So I want, in the interest of moving on, there's one more thing I want to talk about. I'm gonna uh-huh. do a quick summary of how I feel, and then okay. you're gonna do a quick summary of how you feel, and then we'll move to the last one. Okay. I feel like governments should be able to regulate seatbelts. Should not be able to regulate. Well, should not be allowed to tell you you can't do drugs, and should not be able to tell a woman that she has to carry a baby if she doesn't want to. Cool. Um, It's okay. Cool. I'll do it backwards. (laughs) I think the government does not have the right to tell a woman to carry a fetus to term. Um. Um, I think the government does have the right to regulate drugs. I do not think that they have the right to regulate whether you do them or not. So whether or not you do them, I don't think they have the right to regulate. If the U.S. government says we don't import fentanyl, then I think they do have the right to do that. Um, Just as they do for tons of other things. Uranium and shit. (laughs) So if if you have a block of uranium and you want to swallow it, the government doesn't have the right to tell you you can't swallow that uranium. Actually, I opinion. think you could make a legal argument that they actually do. Because I think that suicide is currently illegal in most states. Correct. But I'm saying we're doing the should, the, the, the okay. philosophical. Yeah. Should they? No. I think you have – you are well within your rights to swallow a chunk of uranium and get a bunch of alpha radiation poisoning from within your body and eventually die. Um do you – but can the government say we do not import it? This is not a very quick summary. Civil, yeah, it's not. Then, okay, the government can regulate that though, I think, because that has nothing to do about what you can do with your body. If you can get a hold of it, you can put it in your on, – on outside through your body. <laughs> um, and then finally, the, the seatbelt. Oh, sorry, what were you going to say? I disagree with your uranium thing. Fundamentally, because someone's going to find your body and your body's going to be radioactive and it could harm somebody else. Uh, just saying. And then boom. So there you go. Right there. There you go. 
as soon as you make that argument, I'll say, fine. That, that's the thing. I like to draw those lines. And you've just made an external. Now your uranium body is smacking my nose. Now, now there's a good – while I don't know whether the government should regulate it, regulate it, there is an argument to be made that they can because you have just started punching other people's noses. Technically, though, I could make a strong argument from more of the physics standpoint that finding your uranium body is still not that unhealthy because the uranium wouldn't be able to penetrate their outer layer of skin. So it, 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 Yeah, but what question. are they going to do with your body? Are they going to bury it 10 miles deep in a mountain so that when you eventually decay and their skin is no longer protecting the outside world, that... Uh... No, no, no. The, the alive person's dead skin would block the radiation. Most of, most of the real bad shit. But it's fine. Let's just say that's the argument. Anyway, good. And so that's my same argument with seatbelts. The government does not have the right to tell you that you have to take a protective action or should not have the right to tell you that. But if you want to say, yo, what if you get into a car crash, your body flies out of the crash and hits another person and kills them? Okay, you've just made an argument but that... <laughs> the problem with that argument is the other way. What if it hurts them and kills you? Then no one is responsible for that person's harm. So you're dead, so what are they going to do? Your dead body flies out the windshield and hits somebody else. You're dead, they're not. But you didn't break any laws because not wearing your seatbelt is perfectly cool. Uh, sure. But, but that's, that's what I'm saying. You could regulate it then and say that it's not perfectly cool. Anyway, anyway. we are starting to go long. Let's yeah. get into the last one I want to talk okay, about. Okay, last one. Last the, one. Last, the last thing I want to talk about when it comes to should governments be able to tell you what you can and can't do with your body. Is it butt sex? Uh, I think that's pretty well accepted that, that governments probably shouldn't be able to tell you whether or not you should have butt sex. I don't, uh, know, I don't know very many reasonable people that are arguing against that. Do you want to know when the Supreme Court said that that was not allowed? <laughs> Is it recent? It's more recent than you might guess, I think. 2003. Oh, God. Yep. Uh, and that was in Texas. It's called Lawrence versus Texas. And hilariously, Texas still has that law in its books. So however good they are about repealing laws, they are just sticking it to the man by leaving that law there. They don't have any legal basis to enforce it, but it is still in the Texas law books that you cannot uh, fraternize sexually with the same sex. Well, maybe two dudes should go have sex in the Capitol, like Juan. <laughs> And see if see if they get prosecuted you, for that particular. You're thing. gonna love that that episode if you listen to it. It's a good. Anyway, one. no, the thing I want to talk about is suicide. Ah, should a government be allowed to tell you whether or not you have to be alive? What do you think my answer is? No, they shouldn't be able to. Definitely not. Um. So hold on, let me ask you this: Do you think? A mentally impaired person should be allowed to seek out suicide services. Um, that is an interesting question. Should a I, clinically depressed person... Oh, mentally impaired, not mentally handicapped. Yeah. 
Ah. Um, so, yeah, I actually do have an answer to this then. I, I think, yes. However, I think it is reasonable for the government on society's behalf to put um, urgency limitations on that. But I might be contradicting my earlier self, but I have always held that there should possibly some be some type of waiting period if you're going to uh, get have a suicide service, like a three-day or you know 72-hour or 48-hour waiting I don't know period. many people who have been cured of depression in three days. Me neither, um, but it would have to be reasonable because I, I think – I'm looking at the Fourth Amendment right now – uh, telling someone that they cannot commit suicide, that they cannot choose to end their life, in, in my opinion, is an unreasonable seizure. That is the government stopping the them from doing what they want with their own person, which I think should is both unconstitutional and should be, in my perfect government, unconstitutional. Um, however, I I think that. If there were evidence to support that there were a, there was a period of time and a level of services at which someone that that we have found um, people appreciate over many cases that there was that waiting period and there's a there's a noticeable difference, then I could see an argument for saying uh, we should have that waiting period. However. I will also note that that position directly contradicts my seatbelt position. Okay, I was um, going to point that out, but I'm glad that we've no, established no. It's, that. I, I, as I'm saying it, I know it does uh, because one a tenth of a second past you saying you want it is an unreasonable seizure. It's an unreasonable. It's telling you that you can't do something to your own body, which I just said absolutely that you should be able to do. Um. So, so that's a, that's an interesting one, and uh, the reason I contradict myself is because it feels better for me to contradict myself. <laughs> but I think, legally speaking, I would still hold a pretty harsh position that it should be allowed. But that that that's a difficult one for me because I also understand. I know people with mental illness. I know people who suffer, um, and. I've known people who have possibly been there and maybe not changed their mind as much as just the lack of ease was enough of a of a a hump to keep them away right and I and I personally appreciate that there was some hump there does that make sense it makes sense. The suicide's a tough question. Um, but if you're going to say, Aaron, right now we will make assisted suicide legal in this country, after, and, but there's a mandatory week-long waiting period, I would say go for it. What if there wasn't a waiting period? What if um, you could just walk into a clinic and press a button and it's over? Would, you, would that not be okay with you? It, it, uh, my, my cold-hearted trying to draw lines says it's okay with me it doesn't feel good i i will i will readily admit that so i'll readily admit things where look that's why i draw this weird line about seatbelts. well because you can it's because i want to draw a line but i also want it to feel good and, and seat belts feel good to me 
it's that's a good thing. I agree with your economic thing, but I also want a good legal reason, a good reason why I think the government should have the right to say that. And same thing, there's not a good legal reason for the government to tell you that you can't take your own life or uh, you know, ask to have someone help you. There's no good legal reason for that, but it doesn't feel good when I say that. How, what do you think? Uh, no, I think I think what feels good to you is what I think. It, it's not I, I, as I said. I'm not really swayed very much by legal arguments. I, I I just I don't have that much faith in our legal system that I really want to base much on it. Which so, is fair. Uh, I, I I do think that the assisted suicide should be legal. And I do think there should be a waiting period. And I think that waiting period shouldn't be one size fits all. Okay. If you can't find anything mentally wrong with a person, the waiting period could be 24 hours. If they just don't want to be alive anymore, I don't think there's anything like preventing them but if they're yeah. depressed, if you can tell, if, like if if there's a clinician that says they're severely mentally, not even severely, like if your girlfriend yeah, just sorry. broke up with you, yeah, maybe wait a week, see yeah. how you feel. If if you are clinically depressed, see a therapist for a month. Let's see. Let's see what happens. Let's see if we can't figure this out. And if we can't, then you know we we tried, and you know best of luck to you. Uh, I'm totally for that. I didn't think of one size fits. I didn't think of that, but I agree. Um, it's a little subjective. It's not a very good line, but again, that <laughs> feels good. I'm not interested in lines. I'm I know. I'm saying for me. Sense. Yeah, for me. <laughs> I agree. It's common sense. Um, and, uh, well, now, what if the, the, you you did raise a, you did raise an interesting that I haven't thought of? Uh-huh. Mentally handicapped people. If someone with a real mental handicap comes in. And wants to kill themselves, is their right any different? We've talked about Down syndrome before. Yeah, those there 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 is minor levels of Down syndrome where they can live mostly normal lives, and should they in any way be prohibited from this service than a non-Down syndrome person if they should want to? Because I'm sure that some of the difficulty in their life leading them to this suicide option is going to have been related to their mental handicap. It's possible. Um, I, I would say my my feeling when I thought that that's what you were asking le- still leaned towards they, they, people with mental handicap should have the same, the, the same right to not have the government step in and tell them that they can't. Um, however, uh, and, and I'd be interested to see if there have been cases on this, uh, there's an, there's a good argument to be made that there are certain things that certain people aren't allowed to do it, you know, and it doesn't feel great. Um, and, and maybe if let's take blind, uh, blind people, for instance, like it, it doesn't feel great that in general, they're not legally allowed to drive cars. Um, but it also, it's also like, well, that, that kind of, that makes sense. That kind of makes sense. Um, right. And if, if, if I don't have, if, if both of my arms get chopped off tomorrow and I take a driving test and my legs aren't cutting it or whatever, you know, prosthetics I can get, I 
can't live up to the expectations that are required of drivers on the road, then I think it's reasonable that I'm, I'm not allowed to get a license and drive. Right. Um, or same thing. If I go blind tomorrow, like I think it's reasonable to say that I, I shouldn't be allowed to drive. I shouldn't be allowed to endanger other people. So I think it would kind of depend case by case, but I would say in general, they should have the same rights to, to make that decision. I agree with you. I think. All right. Um, I love to see what people think. Do you know what you should do? We should put a poll to see what people... Ooh, do you know what we should do before and after poll? Oh, but then you'd have to cut the beginning of the episode. I'd love to say, like, where did people start and where did they end? You know what well, I'm saying? Please tell us on the Facebook if we've managed to change any minds or if you think we're morons. Yeah, try to be, try to, try to be uh, realistic, though. Don't lie. Like, say, I was here and I went here. Probably more realistically, given human nature, I was here and I'm still exactly here, and you didn't well, change anything. That's but... true. <laughs> that's true. Although a healthy debate will make you feel a little less strong, it makes me want to say disagree now, right? You know, so so you'll be like, uh, I'm not quite so, con- I'm not quite so convicted anymore. I think the thing that we need to think about is that the government tells a lot of people what they can and can't do with their own bodies, and maybe we should start thinking about that a bit more. True, true. Um, man, we we oh, like I'm pretty sure that we could talk about this for another three hours. There's a lot of like, we could talk about fucking sodas in New York. It's a good yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> and and like cigarette taxes, cigarette tax, yeah, alcohol taxes, and. There's all you kinds know, of good shit. <laughs> you know, uh, prostitution. Prostitution um, is a big one, for sure. Hey, don't worry. I thought of a lot of things that we could. this, this, this yeah. little argument applies to that, are, that, that, that currently laws apply in vastly different ways. Yeah. And the way that uh, we think about it, you know, also seems to apply sometimes differently. And it's complicated. And yeah. it seems to me like a one-size-fits-all may not be the right answer. Which is why you make a good ans- argument that it's probably not the right answer. <laughs> uh, yeah, so please go on Facebook. Tell us what you think or thought or will think. Uh, what else? I got nothing. <laughs>